You're listening to Fish Food, where we present bite-sized accounting and entrepreneurship advice in 25 minutes or less. Keep listening for interviews, guidance, and resources for freelancers and small businesses. And if you enjoy, rate and subscribe to let others know about the gem you found. Now, let's get started. Hello, hello. All right, so raise your hand if you heard about the recent California change to force Uber and Lyft to reclassify their drivers as employees versus contractors. Raise your hand. Okay, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand. I can't see you, but (laughs) hopefully if you have heard of it, you have started considering what it could mean for your business. And so today I wanna talk about the difference between contractors and employees and what it means for you to classify a worker as one versus the other. So the first thing that you may be wondering is what difference does it make? Like, why does it matter if I classify someone as a contractor versus an employee? Or why does it matter, you know, whether Uber does it or not? The reason is because employees, truth be told, are just more expensive. And so employers have an incentive to want to keep as many people on their payroll as independent contractors as they can, especially when you operate a fleet of folks throughout the country, right? Like you want to keep your people expenses low. And so a lot of people who are working in what we affectionately or sometimes not affectionately referred to as the gig economy are automatically classified as independent contractors. We are assuming that these people are not employees of the company and instead are kind of working at their own behest to get the uh, 1099 miscellaneous that we all know and love at the end of the year. But for an employer, it's one, really important that we're classifying correctly, but two, again, there's an incentive not to. Employees um, not only cost in terms of withholding taxes, so payroll taxes, they also may be subject to things like workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, um, benefits, health care. These are all additional expenses that would be on top of the pay that they're already paying workers. And so making the decision of whether or not you classify someone as an independent contractor versus an employee is not only legally required, but could make a huge difference in your pockets. So your next question might be, well, how am I supposed to know how to classify them? There's not a hard and fast rule, but there are a few questions that you can ask about a worker who's performing a service for you to determine which bucket they should fall into. The first one is control. How much control do you have over when and how they do their work? Um, Are they able to come to you with their own plan of action in terms of how they're going to get things done? Or are you managing and controlling how much they do, when they do it, and how they perform the service? The second thing is location. Is it location dependent? Are you requiring that they show up at a specific site in order to do the work? Or are they able to do it from wherever they choose? Are you offering benefits? Now, this can be anything from health benefits to retirement benefits to things like stipends. Are they able to get anything additional um, to what you were already going to pay for the service as part of a perk for working for you? One of the big ones, and I would argue is one of the most important, is are they engaged to do work for a specific time period? So is this a job that they're going to be doing indefinitely? You pay them until you either don't need the service or don't need the role anymore? Or is it engaged for a specific period of time? I'm going to ask that you do this. We're expecting that this is done in the next three months. Another way that I would say to 
start asking yourself whether or not this person should be classified as an employee or a contractor is how do you pay them? Do they invoice you and you pay them what they ask or do you have them on the clock as they say? Are they someone that you pay hourly and they clock time for you? Um, are they someone that's almost salaried so you're giving them a flat rate but it comes directly from you to them versus them asking you for money? All of these are going to be kind of ways for you to reevaluate whether or not someone is a contractor or an employee on your books. Now, what does that mean for you? If you determine that you have a contractor that should be an employee, the first thing that I would say is to make sure that you enroll your company into a payroll system. We really like Gusto and we'll give a link to that in our show notes, but sign up for something that can handle taking care of the payroll taxes for you with everything that's on your plate. It would just be more beneficial if that wasn't something that you had to worry about. The second thing is inform the person that you're working with. So you don't want to just shift them they may either one not know two not want to do it and therefore maybe not be a part of your business anymore and three not really be aware of the implications what does this mean for them you want to make sure that any changes that you're making on somebody's pay are really well communicated and that people understand that hey now instead of you paying taxes for yourself we're going to withhold payroll taxes for you take care of that for you and give you a w-2 at the end of the year that could determine how somebody wants to work with you. And so you wanna make sure that they have that information up front. The third thing is to make sure that you have agreements and um, employee contracts, if that's what you use, or offer letters that really clearly identify what the next person is being hired for or the person that you're transitioning. But you want to make sure that people have something that they sign that identifies this is the type of worker that I am and this is what's expected to me as part of that work. Um, it can get really easy to just bring people on to kind of help you with something and not really think about, well, how should I be classifying them? What should I be doing? Doing with them. I advise that you always, 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 when you bring someone on to do something that's like or something that is independent contractor work, you get a W-9 for them immediately. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes of where you can grab that. But most contractors or freelancers already have it. They're asked for it pretty often. It's going to have their social security number or their EIN if they're a business. Um, their name and their address so that when it's time for you to file the 1099 at the end of the year, you already have all of the information that you need to get that taken care of for them. If you are moving somebody from a contractor to an employee, you also want to check with your state to determine how does that impact the other things that you're responsible for. Remember, this is more than just payroll taxes. There are labor law posters that you have to put up. There are benefits that you may be required to give them. For example, healthcare benefits based on what your state requires and how much they make, or even retirement benefits that could be dependent on what kind of retirement account you had. There are some retirement accounts that require that you not have any employees. Once you do, it changes your eligibility and it could also change how much you're able to contribute. And so you wanna look at all of those things before you just jump into it. But at the end of the day, you need to make the classification that makes the most sense. Last thing, the difference between the tax forms that you're giving people. So if you have a 1099 contractor, you're giving them a 1099. I mean, I gave you the answer in the explanation. But any freelancer or independent contractor that works for you for whom you are not withholding payroll taxes, they're going to get a 1099 miscellaneous by January 31st of the next year that you need to provide to them and to the IRS. 
On the flip side, if you have an employee, you're going to give them a W-2. So think of this like the W-2s of yore when you used to work for a business or if you still work for a business where they're going to outline how much they paid you, how much they withheld in taxes, federal and state, and paid on your behalf, and any benefits that may affect the taxability of what you were paid. That's going to be the difference in the type of forms that you send. They're both due by the end of January, so you want to get those prepared in time. And again, a payroll system um, like Gusto is really going to make the difference in getting those forms available to you so that you don't have to create them from scratch. In short, it's very important that you determine how people should be classified when they work for you. There are penalties and interest and all kinds of extra work that you don't want to have to deal with if you classify them incorrectly. And when you think of what we're going through now, things like unemployment, independent contractors got some access to unemployment, but generally they wouldn't be um, eligible for that. And so if they should have been employees and now they can't claim unemployment, that could be a mess for you later down the line. Hope that's helpful. We've dropped some additional info in the show notes so that you can look up any information that you need around what you should do next. Um, if you need a recap on what questions you should ask, all of that will be there as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. We can't wait to talk to you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, there's good news. We've got additional free resources for you to get clear on your small business finances. Subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter by heading to littlefishaccounting.com slash subscribe and check us out on Instagram at littlefishaccounting.